This is the Get Healthy 360 podcast, where we discuss topics related to your physical, mental, psychological, and spiritual health. Your host is Dr. Chris Ferguson, board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and you should consult your primary healthcare provider before making any decisions related to your health. And here's your host, Dr. Chris Ferguson. Oh, one more thing before we start. If you like this episode, please consider rating us five stars. We would really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Hello, welcome to Get Healthy 360. Today we're interviewing Eugene Vovchuk. The, the unique and special thing about this podcast is he's an anesthesiologist. He's also board certified in critical care medicine. He works in the ICUs and especially in this time frame of COVID, if you're listening to this, this is um, May 2020 or June 2020. We are, we're just coming out of the COVID epidemic, but then Eugene, he's actually, he got COVID and he was in the ICU. So it, and he's, it's not like he's an old, he's a young, healthy individual working in the ICU. So what we're going to talk about is what he did day to day, his disease course, and really just what his thoughts are now on this um, epidemic. So Dr. Vovchuk, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So do you want to tell, I know I gave a brief synopsis of what you did, but do you want to give a little bit more background into what you do as far as critical care? Sure. So um, uh, firsthand, I'm an anesthesiologist, uh, which means I intubate patients and uh, keep them comfortable and safe uh, during surgery, during uh, labor, all sorts of procedures kind of throughout the hospital. And then um, my second role is uh, being uh, an intensivist or a critical care physician. And that means that uh, I round in the intensive care unit specifically the surgical intensive care unit, the sickest patients in the hospital that are uh, that had surgery or had complications from surgery or, um, you know, where a surgeon is taking care of them, um, I would take care of them. And uh, I do that about eight to 10 weeks a year. So my time is spread maybe 70-30 or 60-40, roughly between anesthesia and uh, critical care medicine. It's the ICU doctors that were really taking care of everyone. Those are the people that were in high demand. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, I think a lot of people, the standard question would be, well, are you young? Are you old for those don't, those who don't know you? And do you have any comorbid health conditions? So I'm 38. Um, my only uh, comorbidity was that I was obese. I checked my blood pressure, not regularly, but every now and then. And it's always been within normal range. Uh, my heart rate was elevated because of my uh, obesity. And, uh, you know, I, I had a pretty sedentary lifestyle outside of my work. During during my job, I would commonly walk eight to 10,000 uh, uh, steps a day uh, just because, you know, you're constantly walking, constantly on your feet. So when I would come home, I'd be exhausted and I would just plop on the couch and kind of relax until it was time to go to bed. Diet was, you know, I would eat my fruits and vegetables, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, restrict myself on uh, snacks or uh, other not as healthy uh, foods. How did it start then? When you, how when did you realize that you had COVID? I had it pretty early. I was diagnosed, or I I got the test. I got my first fever on uh, March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Um, I worked a full day, um, came home eat dinner, you know, took a shower. And after the shower, um, it was, I kind of felt cold, you know, chills. And I told my wife, I said, Hey, I think I'm coming on with the fever. And she's like, ah, get out of here. You know, you can't 
possibly you look fine. And she took my temperature and it was like 102.4. And she took it again and it was 103. So uh, we had one of those forehead scanning thermometers. So I definitely had a fever. And this was two days before the first two cases or the first case of COVID-19 was reported in the news in the state of Michigan. Um, Earlier that day on the news, I I saw that one of the local hospitals uh, opened up uh, drive-through testing. And today was the first day they opened it. So, and then we also got an email from work saying, if you have a fever, go get tested and don't come into work. So I called my boss, said, hey, I I have a fever. I'm going to go get tested. I'm probably not going to be at work on Monday. I went, got tested, uh, and then quarantined myself after that in our uh, bedroom. After that, my symptoms were mostly GI related. I was really nauseous and uh, had diarrhea and the high fevers. And uh, what was kind of weird about the fevers, they were unremittent. So I would take, uh, at first it was ibuprofen around the clock. And then when I heard that uh, uh, acetaminophen or Tylenol is better in COVID-19 patients than ibuprofen, uh, I switched to that. But I would take it every six hours, four to six hours. And I would every hour or so, I would take my temperature and it would always be 102 or higher. I would never be able to get it down to within normal range or or even below 102. This persisted for 11 days. So on maybe day six or seven, I went back to the ER because I didn't uh, have any results back about my COVID test, even though they said it would take about 24 to 48 hours to get the results back. And I wasn't getting any better. So I went back to the ER this time instead of doing drive-through testing, I went inside the actual emergency room. I got a chest x-ray, some lab work done, um, got IV fluids, and uh, everything came back normal. I asked them to repeat the test. They said, unfortunately, they can't do that because of limited quantity of tests. And because all my lab work and chest x-ray, everything was normal, my only symptom was kind of dehydration and uh, uh, fever. They sent me home and said, just stay home. It's not uncommon for test results to take more than 10 days to come back. Um, So on day nine, I got a phone call from Beaumont saying that my test result was actually negative. At that point, you know, I started to get a little more concerned. And given the fact that I was kind of rejected by that hospital, I called my friends at the hospital where I work and um, said, hey, I need to get admitted. I need to figure this out. Uh, So this is... Do you know at that point that you had COVID? I I mean, I had suspicion. I was hoping I didn't. I was hoping it was just you know, uh, food poisoning or viral gastroenteritis, anything, anything but COVID. But, you know, in the back of my head, I, I suspected I probably had it just because it lasted so long and the fever, you know, it wasn't like anything else I've had before. I've, I've had the flu before. I've had colds before. Uh, I've even had some viral gastroenteritis before. And the fevers weren't as high with all those other diseases. What was it like being the doctor and also the patient at the same time? I mean, you're diagnosing yourself. Right. I'm diagnosing myself. Um, Later on, you know, uh, throughout, you know, my time at home, I gave myself IV fluids. I, uh, how did you give yourself IV fluids? I started an IV on myself and, Oh, and I had a few liters. So I, I gave myself some IV fluids. And how was your wife dealing with all this? Um, she was basically, you know, taking care of the children. She was worried about me. She was pretty stressed. It was a, you know, 
while I was home, it wasn't as bad as when I was at the hospital. Sure. So like I said, it was, it was about 10, 11 days before I got admitted to the hospital. When I got admitted in the emergency room, I, they took a chest X-ray and they actually saw developing pneumonia, which uh, two days prior, I had a chest X-ray at the other hospital and it was clear. So at that point, I got really concerned. Um, I was admitted with a probable diagnosis of COVID-19. Um, and then I quickly started to deteriorate in terms of my respiratory status. I needed higher and higher levels of oxygen. I was admitted to the ICU. Uh, within 24 hours of being admitted to the hospital, they took me to the uh, intensive care unit. And um, I think within 48 hours, I was intubated and on a ventilator. I, I wanted my colleagues in the surgical ICU to take care of me, but they, they said they didn't have as much experience with COVID-19 and they kind of gently declined and said uh, medical ICU is a better spot for you. I knew the anesthesiologist that intubated me and... Uh, you know, I was happy with uh, him being there. And then uh, after that, uh, I did ask to be transferred to U of M if possible. And then later when I became worse, there was concern that I might need ECMO, which is a lung and heart bypass machine. So for that reason, I was transferred to U of M. Um, there, I did get transferred to the surgical ICU because of ECMO or the, the potential need for ECMO. And uh, luckily, I did not need ECMO. I was intubated for 12 days. My total hospital time was uh, um, like five, uh, like 25 days or 27 days, something like that, close to a month in the hospital. I don't remember most of my hospital stay. I only maybe remember a week, week and a half of it. I remember a couple of days at, at, at Harper Hospital and then um, the last week, week and a half at U of M. After being extubated, I uh, suffered from delirium. So I had uh, visual and auditory hallucinations and everything was kind of a blur. And that's, it, it's pretty common to see that from people who are, you know, long, uh, spend a long time in the intensive care unit who are sleep deprived that you get this. So yeah, so most of my hospitalization, I don't remember. I, it's, it's all as if it never happened. So when I woke up um, and when I actually saw myself for the first time uh, and I was with it, I, I looked like uh, uh, Tom Hanks on Castaway. I had a full beard, which I've never had before, and uh, really long nails. And uh, during my hospitalization, I, I lost 37 pounds. So my eyes were sunken in. My face was, you know, more thinned out. And uh, I looked pretty scary. I looked, uh, like I said, like I was uh, stranded on a, a des uh, deserted island for a year. Um, family was very stressed out. You know, they uh, worried. They didn't know what, you know, they they knew, they you know, they got daily updates. At, at some point when I was very sick, they got hourly updates on how I was doing. They had to learn a lot of uh, medical terms and medicine very quickly. It was very stressful for them. They didn't know if I was going to make it or not. I was very sick. Now that the country's opening back up, what are your thoughts on the progress, given that you actually went through it? So it's a, you know, it's a very scary disease. Um, even when I first heard about it in the news and, you know, and heard about the spread, how it was spreading through the world, I was in the back of my head, I was like thinking, is this the end of the world? You know, is, you know this is very concerning. Um, now that it hit home and I actually had it and 
almost died myself, um, you know, I'm definitely taking this very seriously. And I think uh, everyone should take it this disease very seriously. You don't have to be elderly or sick with a lot of comorbidities to get extremely ill. You just have to catch the right strain. Um, I believe there's multiple strains of it. And uh, I have neighbors literally next door to me and across the street from me that had COVID-19 as well. And some of them had very mild forms where it was just a few days of fever. One gentleman has had a shortness of breath and a low oxygen saturation in his blood, but never really had to be hospitalized. I'm sure, you know, I, I and he's older than me. And, you know, so I'm sure it just kind of depends on the strain that you get in terms of how sick you get. And unfortunately, you can't pick and choose which strain you get or or, you know, you have to protect yourself against everything. I think everyone should still take it seriously. Um, I understand the need to open businesses back up. And, uh, you know, people need to make a living and the economy needs to uh, continue and not fail and and all those things. But at the same time, um, it needs to be done carefully and uh, as cautiously as possible. Has your outlook on life changed at all since you've gone through this? Um, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, um, I've been given a second chance at life that I've kind of been like reborn and, uh, definitely my habits, um, have changed and will continue to change, uh, you know, once I recover even more. And I mean, in terms of exercise, staying fit, staying more active, uh, with the family, not taking things for granted, things like that. Um, this was definitely, uh, a life-changing experience for me and, um, an eye-opening event. We, we, everyone appreciates the time you took to do this podcast. You know, you're still recovering. Any closing thoughts that you have for anyone who's listening to this? Uh, just be careful. Use your head. Um, this is not a, a government conspiracy or, or anything like that. COVID-19 is real and it's deadly. And uh, just be as cautious as you can. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a comment on the Get Healthy 360 Facebook page and consider subscribing to this podcast. Thanks.